Okay, okay. So, we are starting a new series today. Say new. Say new. I don't have everybody yet. Say new. Almost. Say Romans. I think you're there. Romans. A letter of faith. We don't often, and we're going to try to do better at this, do a series of messages literally based around a book in the Bible. Um, we think this is very important. Uh, yes, we can talk about things, you know, key scriptures and stuff, and develop series around that, and series are the conversations we have, you know, uh, for weeks at a time. But I felt like it's important for us to have a series of conversations on this specific book. What has been very hard for me uh, is to try to synthesize such a a big work and try to boil something down like this. I was talking with Jordan uh, and before first service, and he said, yeah, I was listening to a series on Romans from R.C. Sproul, and it was a 52-week series, all right, a 52-week. Is that what you told me, 52 weeks? Um, we have that many weeks in a year, but what we're going to do over the next month is really look at the book of Romans, okay? And this is important uh, for us, that this, this emphasis uh, that, that Paul gave us uh, about this, this, this faith thing, and it's a letter of faith, and we're going to define that more in just a moment. Um, but the key verse that you, if you tried to boil it down as much as possible, uh, you see that in 5.1, Romans 5.1, uh, the key verse, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, summarizing, right? Uh, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God, right? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see the heart of God here in this scripture in and of itself, and you see the heart of Paul trying to convey that to us today, even now, uh, some 2,000 years later, um, that we need to, to have peace with God. Okay, and that that is possible. A lot of times when we read Old Testament, we look at the wrath of God and, and the strength of God and, and the justice of God. And, and a lot of times we get a picture of God being, right? And then Jesus comes and it's like, ah, and then the spirit helps us just to fly through life. You know what I mean by that? Same God in and through three distinct people, if you will. Okay, so you know what it feels like to walk in a place and not experience peace, right? You may call it your bedroom, all right, because it's such a mess. Okay, I don't know. But you know what it's like to walk into a contentious situation uh, with crazy people, whatever that looks like. Um, you may know what it feels like uh, to have peace within life as well. But Paul is writing this letter, and this letter is so important because there was nothing given to the church of Rome beforehand. The only thing that was given to the church of Rome was the people that came by way of Pentecost that went to Rome with this Christian message, okay? So therefore, he is setting the basis of the faith. You may have had been, been saved through what was called the Romans Road. Do you remember that? You may, so you're going to hear a little bit about that today as well. But it all comes back to understanding that we have been justified through faith. So these are some big Christianese terms, right? Can you agree with me? You hear these terms, and all of a sudden you're just like, street trying to, you glaze over 
Because you've heard them maybe growing up or maybe somebody approached you on the street trying to take you on the Romans road and be like, you need to be justified. And you're like, I don't know what's going on right now, but you're saying some scary word. By faith, you're like, I have faith. I'm going to punch you in the face right now if you don't back up, okay? Um, you, you know what I'm saying here. But let's try to define these things because I'm really big on defining words and understanding how they define us and what they mean. Uh, when we look at that word justification, you see it's simply defined as not guilty, and Derek helped us with this a couple weeks ago as well. Not guilty, forgiven, able to stand before someone or something. So that makes sense, right? So let's kind of put it in, in something that makes the most sense to us, all right? Um, how many of you have ever gotten a speeding ticket? Raise your hand if you want to. If not, you're, you're, you're pardoned. You're okay. Okay, that was like, all right? So you, you know the, 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 the arm of shame, all right? Um, you, you, you understand what it's like to get a speeding ticket. Uh, maybe you got one that was a reckless speeding ticket, which was 20. Ooh, Jody's like, don't get thee behind me, Satan. No. Maybe it was 20 over. Maybe it was 45 and a 25. You are guilty as can be all day long, right? Guilty. You were the one behind the wheel. You started the car. Your foot was on the pedal, whatever. You were coasting down the hill, blah, blah, blah. You know, I didn't see the cop. Doesn't matter, you know what I'm saying by that? Um, but you know, you know what that looks like, okay? You know what it's like to, to get the ticket, and then you know what it's like to have an opportunity to stand before the judge. You probably heard this before growing up. You got the chance to stand before the judge, right? And you get to plead your case, okay? You're always praying that who doesn't show up? The cop. You hope the cop doesn't show up because if he doesn't show up, maybe, just maybe, the odds will be in your favor. You know what I mean? And you get, you get pardoned or, or something good will happen out of the process. Are you guilty? Did you speed? But so often what we try to do is be like, well, I was speeding because I didn't predict the traffic in Morgantown. Is there ever a moment when students are here that there's not traffic in Morgantown to some extent? There is a very small window, like four nanoseconds that you can slip through campus. That's it. You know what I mean? So, or, oh, I, I didn't have my clothes ready. I had to wash this or do that. Did you know you had to go somewhere the next day? Okay, you know what I'm talking about here. A lot of times when we look at this, we're trying to explain why it happened, right? But you get before the judge, and the judge says, clearly, Mr. Smith, you were speeding. I blamed it on a man. All right, give me some props. Clearly, Mr. Smith, you were speeding as you were going 45 and a 25. Uh, luckily, the, the cop didn't show up today. I'm just kidding. But the, even the cop being there, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You're guilty. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to remove your guilt. I'm going to take this blame from you and even the shame you felt raising your hand. I am going to remove this for you and I'm going to pardon you allowing you to leave this courthouse, my courthouse, my bench, free of guilt and shame for what you did. You are justified because I say you are. Does that make sense now? A term like justification doesn't often make sense in our everyday walk, even more so in our Christian walk. Not guilty, forgiven, able to stand. See, Paul is writing the church of Rome. He's writing the church of Morgantown. He's writing the Foundry Church today as well because he's trying to lay it all out for the reason and being that he wants everybody to have peace, everybody to understand the justification by faith, which we'll explain faith more in just a minute. 
He wants everybody to understand that we're all the same. Doesn't matter where you've come from or what you've done or what you grew up in or your crime you committed, we're all the same. Do you get what I mean by this? So he's writing, sending lots of love and greetings and all these kinds of things, but he also talks about the most common problem in humankind, a simple little three-letter word called sin. You're like, oh, crap. Now we're going to talk about sin in church. Probably should a little bit, okay? Sin. He's writing because he wants to make sure, chapters 1 through 3, that, that he, he shows everybody that you all have this problem, but what you do with it is up to you. Do you see what I'm saying? He's writing to Jew. He's writing to Gentile, which is non-Jew. He's writing to all people. Again, they hadn't had anybody write to them before. They hadn't had any missionaries drop off any letters or anything before. So Paul is writing this native letter that we have carried with us for many years as well, just trying to get people to understand that, number one, sin is a universal problem. Equal opportunity, isn't it? Hits you the same as it hits you, as it hits you, as it hits you, as it hits me. Everybody is the same. Let's take a little trip on this road. And what I want you to do is find yourself again on this journey. And that's so key and so important. To find yourself on this journey and be honest with yourself. Please. This has been hard for me as well. Be super honest with yourself. Asking the why. Asking the where. Asking the what. Because of this sin problem that's within all of us. Romans 3, 22 through 24. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fallen short. Now again, we always just, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You remember that? And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We just let that roll off the tongue so we can close the deal with the person on high street that we're ministering to. It's deeper than that. Because this is about me and you. Jew and Gentile alike. Chosen, not chosen. Elect, non-elect, however you want to start looking at this stuff. It's for everybody. It's equal opportunity. Sin is a problem that is between all of us, and we all understand it. See, sin, and I'm going to try to define this a little bit better than I did first service because I feel like I have a little bit more time. Sin in the Old Testament means to miss the mark. If you looked at the original words, it means to miss the mark. And, and what do you think the mark would have been in Old Testament times? There's an Old Covenant and there's a New Covenant, right? Old Covenant, Old Testament, New Covenant, New Testament. Jesus with the New Testament, New Covenant. God and the law with the Old. Is that making sense so far? Okay. So therefore, in the Old Testament time, you had the law. Of course, you know of the Ten Commandments. You may have heard of that before or saw it on, on walls around town or whatever. Okay. But then you had the, the additional law that the Jewish folk added to the Ten Commandments because, you know, if ten weren't enough, let's add more, right? Because <laughs> we're really good at those ten. All right, anyways. You get this visual of someone pulling back the bow with an arrow, and there's a target on the other side called the law, and they're trying to shoot that arrow into the center to come up under the law. How many of you guys are shooting 100% every time? You must be a good hunter. I'm going with you next time. You know what I'm saying by this. When it comes to abstaining and overcoming sin in one's life, you are not hitting the center, let alone the first ring, third net, outer ring, the target every time. Hence, we need a new covenant. We need Jesus. Because the New Testament understanding of, of sin is the lack of likeness to Christ. 
Therefore, God sends his only begotten son so that we can have an example. This is so cool, guys. You've got to read. Hopefully, you'll get as excited about this, too, as you read the book of Romans over this series. But we see that we are being made into his likeness, becoming like Christ. Little Jesus is running around. And that is what we measure against. Not the law and missing the mark, but being like Christ fruit of the spirit in you that you see you're acting like jesus in everything that you do or at least almost everything right there's a difference here and this is a universal problem isn't it all of us struggle with thoughts words right actions um, by which we actually rebel against god in this a lot of times when we think about sin we only think that we're sinning against our neighbor when you sin You're sinning between you and God. You're driving a wedge between you and God that separates you from God. Do you get what I mean by that? And it's not as major sometimes as as the things you would say, well, these are big ticket sins. I don't do those things, right? You know how we do that a lot of times? We just pull out the scales and like, well, the sin scale says that I'm doing pretty good because when I look around me, LaFomo, when I compare myself to those around me, I don't think I'm doing that bad. When you compare yourself to Christ, where yet? I mean, it's just scripture. This is Paul, you know, going through this. This is your pastor, meaning a Christ follower, going through this because I can quickly compare myself to others, to my father, to my, what I was, and that does not measure up to who Christ is. You get what I'm saying? Comparing yourself to Christ. This is good stuff. God loves you so much that he challenged Paul to write this stuff down so that you can hear it today. Isn't that amazing that you can hear it today and be changed by the word of God? I don't know about you, but that pumps me up. See, because here's the problem. Sin is more about the heart than the body. See, when we go back to this Old Testament stuff, we we see that, that it was about what they did, the sacrifices that they made, the lambs that they brought, the grain that they brought, you know, the oil that they brought, all these things that they brought as sacrificial elements to atone and to take away or to give praise or to give glory. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like a, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, that's what we think about. It's more than the body. It's more than the body. It's the heart. See, and we see Jesus touching on this, because I'm going to listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. Matthew 5, 21 through 22. He said, you, you heard, you've heard this. You know, news is on the street. I love how Jesus would talk to these guys. Um, that it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder. Everybody's like, mm-hmm. Absolutely, you better not murder somebody. That's the worst thing. When I put it on the sin scale, that's terrible. Terrible, terrible, ter- terrible. Remember Bernie Mac? Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. Oh, terrible. Missed that guy. We missed a lot with Bernie Mac taking it. You shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. Everybody's like, amen to that. You tell them that's what the law says and that's what we're going to stick by. You see the Jewish roots coming out here? Living by the law, hitting the mark. You see what I'm saying? But I tell you, I love it when Jesus would say this. He's like, I got something new for you to walk with. He says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. I can sometimes get angry pretty easily. Anybody with me on that? Be honest. It's okay. You're in a sectation right now, all right? It's a safe zone, all right? I, I can get, because I have an expectation of how I think things should go all the time, and it's perfect, right? Because what I think is perfect um, and realistic and, and seated. No, I have an expectation, and, and anger can come up quickly. And when I read something like this and what Jesus is saying, he's like, listen, bro, 
You're looking at the big ticket items, but I'm looking at the heart. And what comes out of that is more important. He says, if, if you have anger towards somebody, you're at fault more than somebody even murdering one another. Think about this. Because Jesus is fine-tuning our faith. We'll define that more in just a moment, okay? Because this is about finding your faith. Matthew 15, 18 through 20, speaking again, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. Everybody's getting angry about what everybody was eating, right? That is the most important thing when a family gathers, is it not? What's, what's Thanksgiving going to look like, Joni? We know. She already, Friday night, I was at Joni's house. She planned an Oktoberfest meal. It was phenomenal, okay? It was all themed to every kielbasa, I mean cabbage. It was, is anybody hungry yet? Are you ready for lunch? I am. I see those hands. All right? But I'm thinking about Thanksgiving. I'm thinking about Thanksgiving. I'm thinking about turkey coma. You know, I'm thinking about sweet potatoes. I'm th- anybody with me on this? I'm thinking because I like the food part of it. And everybody's getting caught on the food versus the heart. Right? He's talking about the heart here still. He says, listen, these are the things that defy you. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Right? Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are the things that defile a person. It's all about your heart. He doesn't care about you showing up to church and singing hallelujahs. He doesn't care about that. Anybody can be somebody in church. Praise the Lord. Good morning, pastor. It's like, what's wrong with your voice? I don't know. It's my church voice. Anybody can dress up and go to church. Anybody can sit in the pew and, amen, pastor. Mm, hallelujah. And walk outside and be defiled. Because of the sin factor. And we all got it. Listen, I'm telling you, th- yesterday alone, my, my thought process toward things was jacked. I had to repent before I went to bed. Because I was, I was like being mean in my mind. And that ain't right. Because I was being selfish in my heart. See, a lot of times we, 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 we try to diagnose what's wrong by looking at what we're doing versus looking at what we're thinking. You get what I'm saying? It's a matter of the heart. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, look, I don't, I came to fulfill the law. You know, I be, that, was, that was what was needed then. The people of Israel needed that. Imagine millions of people trying to live together and work together, you know, and trying to atone for all that sin. We needed that, but I got something new and improved. Love God, love people. Let's, let's, this is so important. You get what I mean here? But the heart has to be right. Because here's why. Sin doesn't coexist with Christ. Sin doesn't coexist with Christ. Have you ever been in a really dark room? And even the smallest light that is lit, what does it do? If you're a reader of the Bible and you've been in church, it pierces the darkness. It's how I'm like, good job, Christian. <laughs> but what does light do in a dark room? It lights it up. Right? It lights it up. And when we think about this, when it comes to sin in Christ, get what I mean? Sin, sin has to flee because they don't coexist in the same space. Do you get what I mean here? If they do, something's going on. You know what I mean by that? Why am I in such turmoil? Why am I so anxious? Why am I, why am I? Paul even said that. Why do I do the things I don't want to do? What's going on in me? Because sin doesn't coexist with Christ. And the battle you feel inside is because you're trying to hold on We all do this to hold on to these things that separate us 
from God. Thinking that this is the thing that makes me who I am. No, this is the thing that is breaking you of who you're supposed to be. Let it go. You get what I mean? Trust me, this is hard to do. I'm going through it. I'm on a 55-step process is what I call it, right? It's called life. Romans 5, 7 through 8. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. That makes sense, right? You'd lay down your life for somebody good. But God demonstrates. Remember this? Oh, yeah, that's my star verse here on the Romans road. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why would he do that? If I was Christ and I took all those lashings on my back, you know what I mean by that? If I was Christ and I hung on that cross and you were acting a fool around me, I'd be like, you know what? You don't care? I don't care. You ever felt that way with people? See, because the difference about the Godhead, the difference about God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the difference about Jesus was this, that he showed us what grace looked like. Michael, this is your favorite, right, buddy? Grace. Why? Why is, this, why is this one of our favorite things to talk about? Because probably it's the one thing that we understand the least. Because we are the least like Christ in this. Because we look at people and we weigh and measure who they are based upon what they've done, where they've come from. And this is so contrary to the good news message of Jesus Christ. Listen, I get it. I get it. People are messed up, dirty frustrating that's what they are that's what we are we all are that way but for the grace of christ jesus this unearned undeserved favor from god that judge had within his power to throw the books at you right throw the books at just you're done that's it you're out 20 over you could have killed somebody you could have done this you could have done that you're done. You are a threat to society. I don't believe in you. Uh, your, your history says this. Your present says that. Your future is going to be this. But Jesus steps in and says, you don't deserve it. You didn't do anything to earn it. But I'm going to give you something called favor. I'm going to give you something that you don't deserve. This grace thing. Even though, even though you've hurt me, you've spit in my face, You've pulled my beard. You hit me with that cat, you know, nine tails. You, you beat me. You gambled over my clothing. You made a mockery of me. Think about it. But even then, Jesus was given grace from the cross. Why do you think he wouldn't give it to you now? This is what makes me so mad. We don't think this is for us. Well, grace can't be for me. You know what I've done? Do you know who I am? Listen, do y'all know what I've done? Do you know who I am? You don't. Thank God. Because you wouldn't listen to a word coming out of my mouth. Trust me. I barely want to listen to it. We don't, we don't give this because we don't think we deserve it. And this is, this is the crux, man, of, of what Paul was trying to say, too. Like, guys, it's about this grace thing. This faith will come by grace. And we're going we're gonna to explain faith in just a moment. But you got to understand that sin doesn't coexist with Christ. They don't hang out in the same room. So there's going to have to be some changes, some decisions made. doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, whatever. What you've done has separated you from God. 
And this isn't going down, you're, you're beating yourself up, saying, what did I do wrong, what did I do wrong? You may be fine right now, okay? Don't do that. But what I'm saying, if there's anything in me, Lord, if there's anything in me that's not right, like David said, purge it, take it from my life. See, because sin is blotted out through salvation. That's, that's what's so beautiful. Everybody's messed up, screwed up, full of sin, but yet through grace, there's salvation. Salvation. It's typically where we glaze over once again. I'm saved, man. I've been to church at least one out of the last four weeks. That's better than the national average. I grew up in church. I'm a, and you fill in the blank of what denomination or what religion you, whatever you want to say you grew up in. I am, Christmas and Easter, I am there. I am, I love them songs. It's just fun. And I'm not even saying that that makes you a Christian. That's not what makes you a Christ follower. But you think that's what makes you a Christ follower. Why? Because that's compared to everybody else and what they do. Who do we compare to? Christ Jesus. Sin is blotted out through salvation. Romans 10, 8 through 10. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. Remember we talked about the heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, come on, we get excited about this. We're on high street ministering to somebody, you know, because got another one saved today, took the Romans road. Boom! You know, and I'm thinking, where's the discipleship beyond the Romans Road? Okay, where's the discipleship house? Because you're thinking Romans Road got them saved. You, just walk with me. All right. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, that raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. Again, that word again, justification. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Faith, 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 faith. That's one of those words, isn't it? Worship team, if you guys want to get ready, because we're going to get ready for communion as well. Faith. And this, this, I think, guys, is probably one of the hardest things. This is why Romans is about faith almost more than anything, I feel. Or maybe this is just taking precedence to me right now, because I think this is the hardest thing we can ever do in life uh, beyond receive grace is to, to buy faith, which means to place complete trust in Christ and his atoning work. Again, grace, a lot of times we don't think it's for us, so therefore we don't think that Christ's full atoning work is for us because we made so many mistakes, we're so, blo- we're, so blo- we're so terrible. There's no way that God can forgive me and save me. Do you know what I've done? Doesn't this make sense? Because this is what the enemy puts in your head and the dialogue that you have. But let me ask you, complete trust in Christ. What does that look like? Hmm. Complete trust. So, what's your bank account look like? Does it reflect generosity toward God first? toward others you know obviously doing you pay your mortgage you pay all that stuff i'm not saying that what do your friendships look like do do you show up in a social setting and say hey i'm here or hey you're here you know what i mean by that what 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 do your relationships look like with your spouse you know or, or 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 girlfriend boyfriend or whatever 
What, what, what does, what does your, your, your inside conversations look like with God? Because that tells you where your trust is in Christ Jesus. Right? How much do you really believe that he's for you, not against you? How much do you believe that the atoning death of Christ was a once and for all for your sin and separation? This isn't to beat you up. This is something to celebrate because I'm celebrating right now because typically I'm one who beats myself up and looking like, where am I wrong? Where am I wrong? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because I want to be like Christ. But it's not about beating yourself up. It's about understanding, once again, justification. You'll see that again. I'm not guilty. I stand free. I know what I did. God knows what I did. The judge knows what I did. He knows that I sinned against him in many ways. And that's not for everybody to know because it's between me and God. And that's why salvation is so sweet. There's a transaction that happens between you and God that is the most beautiful thing ever. We were at minister's retreat earlier this week. And um, it's kind of a working retreat in a lot of ways. And I was sitting in uh, the last service that we were in, second to last service time, whatever. And just sitting in the back, because a lot of times I do that. Back seat people, I love you, because I do the same thing. I like to watch everything, meaning like get, get an eye on all. Also don't want to be bothered. And uh, I'm sitting here and just praying. And I felt for the first time in my life, this is no joke, 39 years and almost 20 years really being a devout follower of Christ. I've never felt like I experienced the light of Christ like I did sitting in that chair. Never. Not at salvation, not at baptism, spirit baptism, emotional highs, camps, retreats, blah, blah, blah. Something was different in that I walked into a room, is what I felt, and there was nothing but Jesus, and everything was fine. You know what I'm talking about? There, like literally it was him and the light that he, he radiates kind of thing. I've never been there in my life. And I feel like God has taken me, but he's taken us somewhere we've never been in our lives. When we allow him to blot out sin, when we allow him to bring his light into our lives, I'm telling you, things are going to change and it's not going to be comfortable. There's going to be, you know, like after a surgery, some rehab and some growth. And there's going to be some things that are going to happen in you. You are going to be asking why a lot. You're going to be frustrated like I was last night talking to Kara about stuff. Frustrated because I was being selfish about some things. And I was mad and angry and I offended her and I hurt her feelings. And that makes me mad because I never want to hurt. You see what I mean by this? But God's doing something. And he wants to do something in all of us. When we get this. He that sin cannot coexist with Christ. He wants to get that out of your life. Think about it. He doesn't want that for you. He didn't design you for that. People think, why is God sending me to hell? He didn't make hell for us. Devil and demons, we choose that by separating ourselves from him. It's a choice. We do not serve, or, or maybe you will soon, serve a dictator God. See, part of the wrath of God that he allowed to happen was the results of our decisions and our sin. You know what it's like to be in financial peril? Yeah. You know what it's like to be broken from relationships? Yeah. You know what it's like? Fill in the blank. Because God lets you over to your decisions because he loves you. What? Yep. Because he wants you to love him back, not out of duty or not out of fear, but out of love. 
seeing that your Father, your Heavenly Father, loved you so much and gave you Christ Jesus as the once and for all atoning sacrifice. Isn't this good? Thank you, Paul. Thank you for helping us get this today that, that I can find faith too. And that's a question. How do you find faith? Isn't that, isn't that hard to, to think about sometimes? How do you find faith, complete trust? Each day, right? The same with experiencing His grace. You know, they're so similar. I, I talked about with grace last service. You know, every day just walking in it. This morning waking my kids up. I'm like, I want to hear your feet on the floor so I know you're up. That's what it is with grace. And faith is just trusting Him when you get up and you're walking. I know it's hard to do, but trusting Him with everything in you, right? That's hard. I get it because this is a human walk we're in. But when you understand that I have been justified, it changes everything. It changes everything, right? If you want to start passing around communion this morning, um, I, I want to challenge you during this time. You'll receive and just keep passing and it'll make it, make it easy for these guys. I want to challenge you this morning. I think to ask probably one of the hardest questions you'll ever ask yourself. Why? I had a friend do this one time when I had this grandiose idea, a new vision, a new dream for ministry. I'm like, dude, and he's like, why? Don't say that. A lot of times we're, we're, we're judging our lives by the effect versus the cause, right? A lot of times we're looking at the outward results versus the inward heart. Do you remember what I'm saying here? And in this moment, it is so important to look at the heart. To look at the heart. We're going to do a little, a little different than first service. I'm going to let us sing one song, okay, while the elements are being passed out. And during this time... Um, thank you, Pat. Begin to think and pray. Okay? Begin to think and pray. Uh, and then we're going to come back and read. Thank you for listening to the Foundry Podcast. We hope it has been a blessing to you. For more information on service times and upcoming events, visit our website at thefoundrywv.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thefoundrywv.com.